Welcome to a brand new edition of Problematic Women. I'm Lauren Evans. And I'm Virginia Allen. If you did not catch the show two weeks ago, you missed a very riveting discussion about berries and cream. TikTok, much to Lauren's chagrin, we're not talking about berries and cream today. We do have some fun uh, TikTok news to break, though. And here to do that with us is Kate Trinko. Kate, welcome back to the show. Please stop having me. When you're discuss- <laughs> no more Lauren- invitations when you're going to discuss TikTok. Uh, I think Lauren intentionally, anytime she knows you're coming on, just finds a TikTok oh yes, story to talk about. Although I will note that Virginia outed me yesterday and that she was like, do you watch Instagram Reels? And I was like, yeah. And then like a 22-year-old in the office like popped around the corner and was like, what? That's the exact same thing as TikTok. You can't be a hater. So yeah, Sorry about that, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> but I watch reels too, and I love them. I watch way too many reels. But. I'm just doing my best to keep you cool, Kate. Uh, impossible. <laughs> <laughs> we all have to pull our weight. All right, Lauren, tell us what we have queued up on today's show. Up on today's problematic women, protesters followed Arizona Democrat Senator Kristen Cinema into a bathroom, asking her to support Biden's $3.5 trillion spending bill. A TikTok video has gone viral because viewers say it proves a boyfriend is cheating on his girlfriend. NASCAR fans chanted obscenities against Biden over the weekend. And a brand new study has found that testosterone suppression is not enough to level the playing field between men and women. And as always, we'll be crowning our Problematic Woman of the Week. Each week on Problematic Women, we sort through the news to find stories that are of particular interest to conservative-leaning or problematic women. Those whose views and opinions are often excluded by those on the so-called feminist left. If you are a problematic woman or just someone who supports strong, independent women, please consider supporting us by leaving a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and encouraging others to subscribe. It really does make a difference. All right, let's get to it. We all know that smartphones and social media have removed a lot of our privacy. But Arizona Democratic Senator Kristen Sinema felt that lack of privacy go a step too far over the weekend. Immigration activists followed Sinema into a bathroom at Arizona State University asking her to support Biden's $3.5 trillion spending bill. They filmed the whole exchange and put it on social media. Take a listen to a clip from the exchange per the Hill. This is three protesters talking to cinema while she is in a bathroom stall. We need solutions. The Build Back Better plan has the solutions that we need. We knocked on doors for you to get you elected. And just how we got you elected, we can get you out of office if you don't support what you promised us. We need 7 million citizenship for 7 million. We need the Build Back Better plan right now. Kate? Lauren, let me get your reactions first. I am very grossed out by this. Now, I will say, I'll take Kate. as a reporter, <laughs> I did once, back when I was a congressional reporter, um, I was trying to ask Paul Ryan a question, and I got confused, and I was like, Representative Paul, and he's like, that's not me. He was referring to Ron Paul, and then he walked into a bathroom. Did I follow him? I did not, because I'm classy. <laughs> but did I wait outside the bathroom door? I did. And then immediately, as soon as he came out, I was like, Representative Ryan, and then asked, I don't even, I have no idea what the question was. But 
I that was d- both of you to stay. Yeah. I, 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 I might have been embarrassed and been like, oh, no, I'm going to leave. Good I job mean, stay. Whatever. Yeah, thank you for taking me on that journey. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren. Elizabeth Evans. <laughs> Guys, that's her full name. Don't steal, don't steal her identity. Um, uh Anyway, though, but I at the time thought that was kind of weird, but I felt like so much of reporting is like just catching lawmakers when you can. But that being said, going into the bathroom is insane. And you didn't mention, but I thought President Biden's reaction where he talked about it being part of the process was also uh, I can't keep saying insane, but I don't know what else to call it. It was something that. This is not part of the process, and I think it follows a dangerous trend. We had um, former acting secretary of um, Homeland Security, Chad Wolf, wrote an op-ed in the Daily Signal recently. When he was um, at the Homeland Security Department, his home was protested, um, I think, about four times. And he wrote about that experience. He wrote about what it was like for him and his wife to tell their sons who were in middle school at the time, hey, we're going to have a protest in front of our house. This is what's going on. He said some of his neighbors, I think, joined the protests. They had been part of the community for 10 years. His wife had raised money for the public schools. And, of course, there was a protest in front of Justice Kavanaugh's house recently. Senator Manchin, who is also um, you know, not compromising, at least for now, on this $3.5 trillion bill, had people come up to his houseboat, which, side note, who has a houseboat? But, <laughs> you know, I, I do think that this level of... Invading private space is very concerning. I saw Kirsten Powers. um, She's a writer. I'm not sure what she's affiliated with right now, but she tweeted something to the effect of, well, you know, if you had family members facing um, being deported, what wouldn't you do? And my immediate thought was, I think in this country that we are allowing the murder of millions of unborn children. Mm. It's not that that we don't have very serious issues at stake mm-hmm. and issues that many of us feel very strongly about. It's that this is not a productive, helpful, or humane way to have those conversations. Yeah, I mean, you put yourself in cinema's position and it's like, I'm not going to be listening to anyone that is trying to to talk to me and you know leverage their complaints while I'm using the restroom. Like, right away, I'm going to be shut down to that. Well, and it's even worse than just being gross or wrong. It's It's a felony. Right. If there was a guy who followed you into the bathroom and started filming you, that would be sexual assault. So I know the intent isn't the same, but you are violating that person. And, mm-hmm. and the fact that the left is just shirking this off is like, oh, haha, it's funny. We really need to pass this budget bill. No, it is a crime. These people should be prosecuted because they're violating the senator. And if we can't as a society decide that people can't use the restroom and people can't live in their homes, I mean, where are we at? And and it, it is so hypocritical on top of like just how terrible that is that if somebody says something nasty about AOC, she cries and it's terrible and we shouldn't say nasty things about each other. But, you know, it's a whole big emotional ordeal and it's on television and they talk about it. Kristen Cinema is actually assaulted in the bathroom and it's it's laughed off and it just shows that the left has no moral compass and they will do whatever they can to pass this bill and it's hilarious because they still even haven't passed the bill yeah and there's so much controversy over this bill i thought one of the points that uh that one of the girls who that one of the protesters said uh 
you know, they, they actually stayed pretty calm in their remarks. Like we've talked about, the, the problem was not what they said. The problem was the location where they said it. Uh, but she said, you know, cinema, we, we knocked on doors for you. We got you elected. And, you know, we can essentially get you unelected by not voting for you. I was like, cool. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. The, that's yeah. the whole point. That's the whole point. Like, yeah. if you don't like what she's doing, don't vote for her. Don't reelect her. But right now, she is your senator and she is representing you all and have have the have the respect, have the decency to Kate do like what you did. Wait outside the bathroom door. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Kate is a, a journalist in the Capitol, right? And a role model. That's what I'm hearing. Well, no, I mean, like, this is the left's playbook, right? Like, this is the left's playbook of they want to make her life so difficult and terrible and Joe Manchin's. That they'll pressure her to vote. That's a different tactic than protesting, right? There's a time and a place and everybody has the First Amendment. And I don't even like the idea of like you can't protest outside of somebody's house because then how do you show like what's public and what's private? But still, it, it it just shows like a lack of morality that they have, that they were – they don't even consider the time, place or humanity of this person. And it's just all about we need to get X, Y and Z done. And I, I get it, Virginia, your point of like, what if your parents are deported? But where do you draw that line? You know, and and they're they're in the wrong coming into this, that their parents are illegal immigrants. And who knows, like, I'm sure it could be a very sad, compelling story. And we have a lot of compassion for those folks. But it Two wrongs don't make a right. And that's why I'm so frustrated with this story that they just whenever you don't think that they can go lower, they find a way. Mm. Well, and the implication really that they're making is a three point five trillion dollar spending bill. It's going to fix their problems. It's going to fix the broken immigration system. It's going to fix the issues that we're seeing in our country right now. And is that true? I would mean. I think we can all probably hear say no. <laughs> well, what's that Ronald Reagan quote? Like the scariest words that you can hear is I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think this also goes to a larger issue with the bill, like three point five trillion, a number you can't even get your head around. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> this bill contains multitudes. There is so much policy in this bill. And I think a lot of people were saying, wait, is immigration even part of this bill yeah. after it came out? And we're rushing to pass it. Well, we, uh, the Democrats are. And um, I think it really shows the problem with this, that these contained within this bill are proposals that should be debated on their own merits. Mm-hmm. Having this huge mammoth bill that will transform the country rush through and this is not good um this is not good governing yeah i think it's one of those classic you have to pass it to find out what's yeah. in it kind of situation right, which is not great not well, great and no. it's a total tactic by the democrats and the left because they only get three shots of reconciliation per year and reconciliation you only need a 51 vote threshold which they have with their 50 senators and one so they could pass all this stuff separately they could pass clean bills but they don't want to because they want to save this special budget process to be able to pass these giant pieces of legislation that won't pass otherwise or radical idea they could try to get bipartisan support for some of these bills no that's crazy talk i I mean that was something um senate majority leader mitch mcconnell i believe in a letter he wrote to president biden was making a point along those lines that you know there were several um 
bills passed in the last year of President Trump's uh, presidency that I think some of us would probably think were too expensive and um, not the right solution, but they were bipartisan. And the Democrats did not choose to build on that. I think, um, you know, as much as I would like everyone to be conservative about spending, um, you probably could peel off Republicans if you just gave a little. Mm-hmm. Well, I really, you know, the more I thought about this, I think the irony of what is is happening right now, you know, budget wise and American spending wise, that we have uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yelling saying by October 18th, if you don't raise the debt ceiling, you're defaulting on your loans, America. And at the same time, we have Democrats saying, oh, but we also need to be pushing through three point five trillion dollars more in spending. I mean, you you can't make this stuff up. It's just bizarre to, I mean, to anyone, you would see, okay, we're about to default. We need to cut spending instead of passing the largest spending bill in the history of the world. Right. Imagine if a college kid had like, I mean, whatever, I don't know if these are real numbers for college kids or not, but, you know, had a $10,000 credit card limit. And they were like, oh, well, I want to buy a $5,000 car, so I need to raise my credit card limit to 15000 which it's like, okay, you're going to be spending, like, what, 33% interest on credit cards or 28% a lot? And what um, bank is going to be like, okay, cool. Right. You have, no, <laughs> like, you have no plan to get out of here. It's not like you're getting the car for a job or something. Um, yeah, it's it's grossly irresponsible. And again, on just the sheer politics of it, uh, McConnell's office put out earlier this week that um, Democrats um, refused to hike the debt ceiling um, during Bush's tenure. Like traditionally, whatever party is in power takes the vote. Um, you could argue this is a sign of how D.C. has some bipartisan issues with spending, which I think would be fair. But they have a way to raise the debt ceiling by themselves. So, okay, do what you guys want to do. Well, and keep your ear to the ground because the legacy media is doing the bid of the Democrats right now. They, they're already talking about how Republicans are obstructionists and how they're not letting this pass. But again, you go back to what reconciliation is. They only get three shots of it, but they could totally, they have the votes to just pass a bill that just raises the debt ceiling, right? They could just do that and they could solve the problem tomorrow. But because they're tying the debt ceiling to all this money, that's what's causing the issue. So they're literally, you know, the, there's the meme of the guy riding the bike and sticking the, the stick in his own bicycle spoke and he falls over and then he's holding his knee and he's like, ow. And, you know, that's what the Democrats are. They stick in the spoke in their own bike. They're flipped over and they're like, the Demo- the Republicans did this to me. And it, Really, keep your ear to the ground, like the TikToks that you watch, the the news, what you see on Twitter. You you see this every – almost every article about this is like Republicans are stopping. Republicans are standing in the way. Cinema standing in the way. No. They're, they're doing – there's inaction there. The Democrats are just not able to get their ducks in a row and their, their policy aligned to be popular enough to pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lauren, you're going to have to start sending me memes you're going to reference ahead of the show because I was trying to visually figure that out and I have a headache. Kate, I'll I'll Google it. This is like literally like the oldest meme that they ever created. Okay. I thought like Charlie bit my finger was, or that's a video. I think that was like the first, one of the first viral videos. Yeah. It was Charlie bit my finger. We're going to have to have like a class. (laughs) Like, have you not, you've never seen this meme. So it starts off, there's a guy, he's riding his bike. Just for the record, I have never seen this meme. He has a stick. He sticks it in his bike wheel. And obviously yeah, actually, makes his bike flip over, and then he's like, ow, and they switch it to like different stuff where he blames other people when he obviously did that to himself. 
Well, for anyone else who's confused, Virginia, I think you're going to have to put this on the problematic women Instagram stories because okay. yeah. I don't think this is we can, intuitive. We can share. And if you see it and you're like, Lauren, this is so obvious. Virginia <laughs> and Katrina are like 9,000 years old. Please respond to that story um, and say that. I identify as 12,000 years old. <laughs> I'm not a child of 9,000. I am the youngest person in the room. Just saying. <laughs> you're the youngest. I'm the coolest. Fair. Fair. <laughs> All right. Well, stay tuned because up next we talk about the viral couch guy video and weigh in on chants against president joe biden but first i want to tell you all about one of my favorite ways to get the news and keep up with the issues that i care about if you're anything like me you enjoy researching interesting topics on youtube or simply just being entertained but sometimes it's hard to know what information is well researched and trustworthy that's where the daily signal comes in we are constantly posting new videos that are designed to keep you up to date on the news you care about and give you the data and facts succinctly. The Daily Signal YouTube channel features policy explainer videos, documentaries, entertaining clips from podcast interviews, and so much more. Go ahead and subscribe to the Daily Signal YouTube channel today so you can stay informed and never miss out on the news that matters most. All right, now for what you've all been waiting for, your TikTok news update. When we talk about TikTok, we do not promote the platform. It might have some weird Chinese spyware on it, but it's still part of pop culture. I'm still very interested in it. So today we're talking about the one and only Couch Guy. So more than 52 million people have seen this video. And if you've not seen it, I'll I'll set it up. There's this really ugly green door. There's a... music that's used all the time on TikTok. It's like, just like that. You're all I see. That's I pretty good. Very thank nice you. Line. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's a girl. She's going to surprise her boyfriend. She walks in the door. She sees the boyfriend. He's sitting on the couch with with women. And he's not exactly not happy to see her, but he's not. he doesn't like jump up. And sounds like an innocent enough video. No. The internet has gone wild. They have literally spent time going frame by frame to see if he was cheating and is that why he's not surprised is he just like unemotional i mean people are even as far as like did another girl have his arm around him did he have his arm around another girl was there a phone being passed so virginia kate you've both seen the video what are your thoughts (laughs) well thank you lauren for keeping keeping me up to date on the the tiktok I had no idea about Couch Guy until uh, Lauren informed me. Um, So watching the video, I'm like, this is a very classic college dorm room situation. There are a bunch of people sitting on a couch. Three of them happen to be women. One happens to be a guy. Uh, There's another guy in the room. It's not like he's in there by himself. And then it looks like there's two other guys that follow the girlfriend into the room. I assume maybe they picked her up wherever she was coming from. or I don't know. Um, So it it does not seem in any way controversial. I, I, my response is just like, oh, that's cute. Like, I've done that kind of thing, like surprising a family member before. And it's super fun. It's like a fun thing to share with friends. Um, I'm more so concerned by the Internet's response to it. 
Yeah, I think, well, one, let me just say, first of all, it's probably one of the most uptight people in the United States. If a guy sitting on a couch with three girls is a sign of cheating, the <laughs> Taliban have one. Like, that's just insane. Can we make uh, a quote, quote graphic of that case? Well, they, were, they were pretty cozy on the couch. It wasn't like a large They're couch. They're in college. I mean, I don't like being cozy with anyone ever, so, like, I would not be in that sitch. But, like, I, I just, I don't see anything inappropriate about it. It's not like there was a girl on his lap. It's not like he was making out with a girl. Like, there are so many scenarios where it could have been. But I think, um, like, Virginia, I'm just mostly troubled that so many people um, are watching this and speaking about this. I saw an article in BuzzFeed about this where they had a screenshot from the original poster, whose handle I can't recall, where she was saying, like, there's so much negativity. And, you know, these are two real people. I... I just feel like people are projecting a storyline under them. They didn't sign up for a reality show. I realize she posted the clip, but I, I just, we don't know anything. We don't know this guy's character. We don't know her character. Maybe he didn't get up because he's like, my girlfriend uses TikTok too much and I'm sick of being <laughs> manipulated and put in these situations. Um, I, I don't know. Or, yeah, maybe, maybe the relationship is on the rocks, but why do we care? Well, and I believe, Kate, they've both come out and said that, no, we're like, we're fine. This is totally. But still, the Internet is on it. And I just love, like, the hive mind that goes on behind the Internet that, like, once one person started doing this, like, everybody started to do it and just became, like, a phenomenon. So, Kate, you're probably right. Like, okay, is it, like, the most healthy, best thing to do? But it's not like he followed her into the bathroom. Like, she posted this online. Okay, wait. Her criteria is at least it didn't involve following a woman (laughs) in the the bathroom. bathroom. (laughs) Like, a lot is going to (laughs) go. But this is just, I think it's fun. And she posted it. And if anything you post online, like, it's fair game. And it's not like they're really, like, harming their relationship. It's not like they're on the rocks, divorced with four kids. It's like a college couple who posted this and people are just having fun with it i know but just so yeah lauren showed it to me yesterday we ended up having a group of like five or six colleagues yeah. most of who hadn't seen this before <laughs> lauren was educating us it's really hard to and be the coolest started... person at the heritage foundation but <laughs> it's I, actually not I that hard it. it's a very low bar <laughs> <laughs> it's not very competitive guys um no but i think we were talking about like you know the fall of rome and stuff and i don't like well i do like to be pessimistic but i'm usually not this pessimistic but this is one of those things that i was like Will historians be like, huh, America had all these pressing problems that all Americans wanted to talk about was couch Couch guy? guy. Couch guy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think in that sense, again, it goes back to my theory when we talked about Gabby Petito that it's kind of this escapism from real world and everyone wants an outlet and it plays into that a little bit. Like people are kind of acting like a sleuth going through the video and like, oh, where were his hands? Where were the other girl's hands? Like looking at it. Uh, And I... You know, I, again, like you kind of put yourself in, in that position. Like I would not want people super analyzing my relationship with a guy in some cute video. Uh, like, you know, hopefully this couple is – they are just in college. They're young. Hopefully they're fine. But, I mean, you could easily see something like this resulting in them breaking up just because it's kind of a lot of pressure to be in that much limelight at that age and have – literally millions of people weighing in on the <laughs> status of your relationship. Well, and I think everybody has had a boyfriend in high school and then you get to college. And I actually learned the term for this when p- two people 
go to high school and they go to different colleges and they break up in the fall. It's called the turkey drop because it happens right before Thanksgiving, which is, I think, hilarious. But yeah, I think I, uh, my high school, my boyfriend and I broke up like Columbus Day weekend. You know, like it just. And then just Indigenous People's Day weekend. <laughs> you know, whatever, you, whatever you want to call it. It's just like I got back from college and we're like, yeah, I mean, I, I like, like you, but uh, college is fun. I like that you were an early starter. You were like, I can't wait until Thanksgiving for the traditional. <laughs> like, I, this we're needs to go. <laughs> I guess Labor Day weekend would have been even crueler. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, speaking of phenomenons that are going viral, let's talk a little bit about a chant that has received a lot of attention. Uh, A quick warning to our listeners. If you are listening with kids, we are going to be referring to explicit language, not using, but just referring to uh, in in this next segment. So go ahead and skip forward a bit uh, if you are listening with kids. So there's been these chants. The hashtag for it online is called hashtag FJB, JB being the initials of our current president, F being a word I'm sure most of you guys can figure out. And this has been happening pretty organically at college football games, professional football games, NASCAR races. I mean, really anywhere where there's a big group of people and this past weekend, it was taken to another level because it was on television. They were interviewing a NASCAR driver, and the chant was clearly heard in the background. <laughs> and the announcer goes, yeah, they're saying, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> so there's this group of people chanting something. And then the announcer <laughs> says, let's go, Brandon. So a lot of people are debating, was that, did, did the announcer just really hear it wrong? Or were they trying to cover up so they're not talking badly about the president? If she was trying to cover it up, she was smooth because it, she said it very sincerely. She's like, oh, listen to the crowd. They're chanting, let's go, Brandon. And then they switch the audio to it. And I think either she very quickly realizes, nope, that's not what they're <laughs> chanting. Or, uh, But you could tell very, very clearly that, yeah, they were, they were uh, chanting a very clear and direct message from the president. <laughs> I do like, let's go, Brandon, being our new phrase. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, people um, are literally getting shirts that say it. <laughs> I mean, I think I understand why people are so mad at President Biden. Um, I, I think it's really sad that at events where there are no doubt some, if not many, children that people are resorting to this kind of language. I wish they could come up with a chance. Like, surely there's another word we could use. I respect President Biden as a human and a person in the office of the presidency, but I think he makes lots of bad decisions. Let's go. Is that what you want people to say, Kate? Yes. Uh, I mean, it's got a nice ring to it. It's got to be, like... I don't know, like, I don't like Biden or I, I, I don't know. There's got to be something like. But anyway, I was thinking about this, though, and I do think part of it is the frustration that people feel like they can't be heard. They're not represented often on the legacy media where liberal views really outnumber conservatives, um, you know. All this stuff with tech censorship, you know, they say they're not doing it, but all the examples of censorship seem to skew only one direction. So I do wonder if part of this is people are just saying, like, they feel like they live in a world where all these big power players are pretending everyone's okay with Biden or likes him. And they're like, well, fine, if the only way we can get your attention is to take over the audio at a big sporting event, okay. Yeah, Kate, I think you hit the nail on the head that that's the bigger story. It's okay, it's hilarious and I agree that it's it's inappropriate and we shouldn't do it. But at the same time, I was like, that's kind of awesome. <laughs> but, but again, 
inappropriate. We shouldn't do it. <laughs> it's kind of awesome. Okay, but also. But hold on. Hold on. But I think it shows a bigger thing of like these are predominantly young people. And even if it is like, quote unquote, the cool thing to do and it doesn't really showcase policy, how crazy of a world that we're living in when hating on this president that the media loves to say, like, everybody loves and everything's great mm-hmm. and puppies and unicorns. Like, no, these kids are the cool thing to do now is to say FJB where I just it, it's it, it is a huge story that I don't think anybody is covering besides us, obviously, because we're amazing. But like they're covering to the importance that it actually is. Okay, so here's my great idea. Your wonderful chant, which you shared with us a few moments ago, I think you need to develop a TikTok dance yes. to go with it. Yes. And I think you need to release a reel. <laughs> um, Lauren goes around the office occasionally breaking into TikTok dances. It's very awkward for everyone. Well, especially because I don't really know them. I just know like the gist of the dance moves. So, so I just like, you know, I'm like moving my elbows. No, but I think this is how you're going to come to like Instagram or TikTok fame. You are going to take mm. this chant mm. yes. and come up the dance the maybe with the help of us. our wonderful interns <laughs> but um, I'm very excited for this well and I think you know as I was thinking about this I was like it is awesome that we live in a country where people feel free to say what they want in such a public setting uh, against the president against the leader of, of the free world without any fear of, of being arrested or you know so many fears that people in in other countries they would never dare to say this about their leader. Uh, so, you know, my my free speech hat is cheering. Yes, this is awesome. This is so great. And a part of me is like, I feel like the founders would have been like, thumbs up. Like, yeah. yeah. In, in in their love of freedom and free speech, Kate. I'm just trying to imagine the founders doing a thumbs up and it's not working for me. <laughs> well, you know, the thumbs up emoji. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I think on, yeah, on on the side of we, we do... We do respect the office of the president. Uh, it drove me a little bit nuts during uh, during the Trump administration when you know you had the bumper stickers of "Not my president" and all of that. And like, no, he he is. And even though I don't agree with Biden, I don't like his policies. He's still my president, and there's still I think respect and and honor that that role is deserving of. I also think it really makes. Uh, the opposition just look a little crazy. Like it weakens the argument of those that oppose Biden uh, and kind of puts them in a it stereotypes them essentially into these crazy people that are just sort of out there chanting. And um, so I think those are the issues I take with it. But good on people See, for free speech. I disagree, though. Like it, if it's co- college kids at a college football game, like that's as normal and American as you can get. Right. So I think a lot of times people think of conservatives as like these old crazy people who just watch Fox, Fox News in their retirement home, go to bed at 830. That's so late. To go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say something. I was like, I don't care going to be like, well, I go to bed at 745. But I mean, I think it shows like, no, this is growing. Like this is these are cool kids doing it. Right. It isn't like this fringe thing. Like literally every American well, not literally everyone. <laughs> Sorry, my mom. I say that I'm not a millennial, and then I say things like news. literally every literally. American. No, but a growing number of Americans are supporting this, and I think that's. I'm honestly surprised that because it's mainly happening on college campuses that college administrations haven't tried to shut this down. But I, I disagree. I mean, it is inappropriate. We shouldn't be. We should respect the office of the president. But I think it's a. Net positive in the fact that it's showing that a growing number of Americans are not happy with the direction 
that this country is going into. That's fair. And we know that Lauren self-identifies as the coolest one of us, so I guess she gets to decide whether it's cool or not. (laughs) Officially ruled as cool. (laughs) What if you became like the Judge Judy of cool? (laughs) That's Lauren. Do I get to have a robe and a gavel? Because I will do that I don't think that's cool. (laughs) It's very cool. All right. Well, speaking of cool, uh, I don't have a great transition for this. Let's speak of cool. Let's talk about transgender in sports. But actually, this study is pretty cool. I'm just going to say. Guys, Virginia is so try hard. I'm trying to build a bridge here. The Sports Council Equality Group conducted a study on the differences between men and women's bodies. They were specifically looking to determine whether there are differences between women's bodies and the bodies of men who identify as women, quote-unquote, with or without testosterone suppression. The the conclusion? Yes, there are differences, even if someone has taken testosterone suppression pills. The report's conclusion says the inclusion of transgender people— into female sports cannot be balanced regarding transgender inclusion, fairness, and safety in gender-affected sport where there is meaningful competition. The research also noted that testosterone suppression or reduction does not negate all the physiological advantages of having developed testosterone-driven strength, stamina, and physique. The report also said that, quote, direct competition between the sexes is considered unfair and perhaps unsafe. So the left likes to talk about this, right? It's fair that once they're on the pills, their body becomes more like women. But this is hard data that proves what what we've known this whole time, that there are differences between men and women's bodies. So can the left still claim men who identify as women and take this treatment should be able to compete on women's sports teams <laughs> Kate, go. <laughs> uh, wait, I can't go right away. Like this is like this is like when I used to take swimming lessons and they'd be like dive, and I was like, I need a minute to mentally prepare wow. myself. Um, sorry, Lauren. Uh, no, I don't think. I mean, obviously, I don't think that those who are born biologically male should be able to play on women's sports team. I'm like so sick of discussing this issue because it just feels like this Alice in Wonderland scenario. We had an article on the Daily Signal back. Um, in the summer during the Olympics when the transgender weightlifter was making a lot of news. Um, Yes, even... uh, Yes, even if you have genitalia surgery, even if you take the hormone suppressants, your bones develop in such a way that things are just different. Mm -hmm. They got really into the weeds there. At the end of the day, even with all the quote-unquote marvels of modern medicine, which I think some of them are more problematic than marvelous, but you cannot... Take someone who is born biologically one sex and make them 100% the other sex. There's just no way. It's in their DNA. It's in, yeah, their bone structure. It's in, there's things that you can change and affect, but you can't. And sports is an area where that is super relevant because it depends on physical strength and physical attributes. And, you know, we just need to stop playing this silly game of, you know, our minds determine everything, including what our bodies are. Kate, I totally agree, and and I also agree on your point of, yeah, we've been talking about this forever, all the time, and I think sometimes people are like, why, why are you obsessed with this issue? Well, A, we're not obsessed with this issue, this issue, but B, it's so important that we as women can define our own bodies as being women, and they're trying to take that away from us. And okay, it's just sports. A, sports are really important of, for girls growing up, but B, it's just 
they're moving the Overton window just ever so slightly. And I mean, we can see this in the fact that they call it they want us to call it chest feeding and we can't say pregnant women. We have to say a pregnant person. But even when we're tired of talking about this and we talk about it over and over again, it's important to keep it up until we the left actually looks at the science and says, oh, yeah, you're right. Which that's my favorite thing when people tell me that. <laughs> I mean, I just think they're science deniers at this point. I, I mean, I, I really I you're right that we absolutely need to keep talking about it because sports is really important. And, you know, I think something we don't probably talk as much about, you know, the advances of feminism, et cetera, here. But, you know, if you think 100 years ago, like girls weren't really playing sports a lot. That was a big achievement in the 1900s that girls were recognized as needing physical outlets and even though I don't personally enjoy sports, I know <laughs> I identify as a non-sports person. Um, you know, I know it's hugely important to the mental and physical health of a lot of women out there. And it's really unfortunate that this is being taken away. And it's 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 an invasion of women's spaces. Mm-hmm. No, it absolutely is. And, you know, you think uh, if we had had this conversation with our grandmothers or great grandmothers, to say, oh, hey, there was this study. People put real money and time into looking at is there actually differences between biological men and biological women. It would have been like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. And uh, so I'm I'm really thankful that, you know, science is proving what we have all known all along, that there are indeed differences. I think the conclusions of this study are, are really the most important to, for them to actually say that uh, it, it's unsafe for for biological men to be competing with women that actually poses physical danger to women. That's a huge part of this argument. Uh, and they, they use the word that it is unfair. And that is something we hear so often from the left is this is fair. We have to be fair. We have to you know, allow transgender individuals to compete on women's sports teams because it's, quote, unquote, fair. No. Uh, and now even data and science is saying, no, that's actually not fair. And the study did a good job of saying – you know, we actually we want to provide a space for transgender individuals to be involved in sports teams. There's value to that. And I say absolutely 100 percent. We just need a new model for what that would look like. Do they have their own separate team? Do they compete with the boys? What what does that look like? But we know the answer is not them just being filtered into women's sports teams because women lose every time when that happens. Right, and choices have consequences. If a 12-year-old was like, I want to identify as a 5-year-old, you wouldn't let them play sports with them because they would all get super hurt. Yeah. (laughs) All right, well, we will be sure to leave the link for this study in the show notes if you want to check it out. It's pretty fascinating, but stay tuned because up next, we are crowning our Problematic Woman of the Week. If you're tired of high taxes, fewer health care choices, and bigger and bigger government, it's time to partner with the most impactful conservative organization in America. We're the Heritage Foundation, and we're committed to solving the issues America faces. Together, we'll fight back against the rising tide of homegrown socialism, and we'll fight for conservative solutions that are making families more free and more prosperous. But we can't do it without you. Please join us at heritage.org. We're getting towards the end of the show. It's almost my favorite part, but now it's for my least favorite part. Time to have Kate sign off. Kate, thank you. It has been a blast today. I swear 
if I come on next time and there's a TikTok segment, <laughs> I don't know. I'll cry on air. I'll put it Perfect. Please. Please, Lauren, end this. Maybe we'll like... do uh, an Instagram reel. Yeah. I'll find a reel. <laughs> Maybe we could all go offline. <laughs> Getting to become a Luddite. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye, Kate. Bye, Kate. Teach me how to be cool, Lauren. Bye. Well, one thing that is cool is crowning our problematic woman of the week. And the crown goes to... Arizona Senator Kristen Cinema. Cinema is resisting Democrats' attempts to put America in debt by another $3.5 trillion, trillion dollars. <laughs> and for that, we are applauding her. Yeah, very deserving problematic of the week. I mean, honestly, I even when I do not agree with lawmakers who are resisting you know, the reasons why they're resisting their party, um, it does take a lot of courage to be like among only one or two or three Democrats or Republicans or whatever that are saying, OK, I'm going to be the outlier here because I genuinely see a problem here and I'm not just going to go with the crowd on this. So I, I think that takes courage, um, takes some boldness. And I certainly applaud her for not putting us another $3.5 trillion in debt or trying to keep that from happening. Yeah. No, I agree with you. All the policy stuff. I think it's awesome. Like, good for her for having a backbone and standing up to her party. I mean, that really can't be easy at all. But also, as the arbiter of cool here on Problematic mm, Women, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she's kind of weird. Like, she, <laughs> she's kind of weird, but I dig it. Like, she's weird in a way that you don't typically see senators you know normally they're perfectly polished and they have the perfect outfit but like she's just a little a little weird and i think it really works for her and i've even when we disagree like i've always thought like yeah she's she's cool she's definitely genuinely herself and no matter what you can respect that about someone that's like oh that's cool like dc has not gotten in your head to the extent that you have just yeah become yeah. a, a lookalike kind of like a tulsi gabbard right like she's sure. gonna say what she says and she you know and that's just her. And you know that she's authentic. And I think that's what, even when you're weird, if you're authentic and authentically you, like, it comes off as, as cool. And you can trust that about people when people are their authentic self. It's like, all right, I, I know what I got with you. I think in many ways that's why people like President Trump because yeah. he was that. <laughs> <laughs> you got what you got. Yep. <laughs> well, Virginia, I think that's a great place to end this week's show. Join us on Tuesday for a special interview edition of Problematic Women. And then, of course, Lauren and I will be back with you next Thursday. But in the meantime, please subscribe and share. Conservatives need your support in the podcast world, and we would greatly appreciate a five-star review on Spotify, CastBox, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. It really does make a difference. Please definitely do take the time to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love seeing those reviews come in. If you leave us a review, we might even read it on the show. So take some time to do that. All right. We will see you all next week. If you're off Monday, enjoy your three-day weekend. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Problematic Women is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is a product of The Daily Signal, produced by Lauren Evans and Virginia Allen. Special thanks to our editor-in-chief, Katrina Trinko. We produce Problematic Women in remembrance of our dear friend and former co-host, Bree Payton.